so glad you're joining me today here at L4, Inspiring Community for 50 Up Women. I'm Dr. Hughes, and today we're talking to Tina Tang of Iron Strong Fitness about keeping our bodies healthy and strong. We want to begin by thanking our newest patron, Robert Hughes. Tina, I'm so glad we can be together on this beautiful fall day at a time when we think of family, friends, and gratefulness to talk about our health and fitness, especially for 50 Up Women. It's such a pleasure to be here, Candice. I love talking about health, fitness, and being 50 Up as a woman. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. I know we had talked a little bit earlier about how you first got interested in fitness. And I know you had a journey in terms of your fitness practice, and you had started out when you were younger doing some different types of fitness, but it was when you got older that you evolved in your fitness journey. And I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that story and how your fitness journey evolved. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I hope it also, I wouldn't say inspire, but like inspires anyone who's starting late to know that it's not too late. So as a kid, I probably did what a lot of kids do. You know, I know kids play soccer. I didn't play soccer, but I took ballet classes. My mom would take us to ice skating classes. I never participated in any team sports. So I didn't do, you know, the common, what's common, let's see, soccer or playing uh, even in high school or middle school. Sometimes people play on team sports. I didn't do any of that. So I wouldn't say I was inactive, but I, I was not what you would consider an athlete, or I would even label myself as an athlete. But in my early 40s, I was going through a very difficult divorce. And during that time, when I was in my apartment, instead of, I guess, feeling lonely or sad in my apartment, I would actually just go to the gym. And I was not a gym rat before. I would go to the gym. It was across the street. It was somewhere for me to go. And I started taking classes. They would be theoretically strength classes because we would use dumbbells. And I found that I would constantly be peppering the instructor with questions about, well, how do you do this exercise? You know, at the end of class, I got, you know, I wanted more details about how to do things and why we would do certain exercises. And I found that I kept asking him questions and, or her, like depending on what class it was, that I should probably just enroll in a class about exercise or a course of exercise myself. So I signed up for a personal training intensive course that was run by a gym here in New York called Equinox. And they have a bunch of locations and they have something that was now that I know is more of a feeder for personal trainers for their gyms. But they, if someone wanted to learn about personal training, you could sign up for this course. I think it lasted for about a month. I love the way you're talking about fitness in terms of practical terms, because mm -hmm. so often we think about it almost like a, a math problem or some exercise that we have yes. to do for the purpose of doing it. And yet we lose sight of the fact that our bodies need to be healthy just to get through the day that we want to have and do activities that we want to do, whether it's picking up children or grandchildren or uh, mm -hmm. you know running around the park with them. There's so many things that we 
enjoy our fitness for, not just lifting the certain amount of weight, although that's great too. So I, I love that aspect. Can yeah. you tell us about challenges that you might have faced in your fitness journey, especially given that you were starting later in life? Uh, there may be some challenges that occur at that time period. The initial challenge was starting where it felt like everyone already had a leg up uh, in terms of learning, because I don't mean this in a sexist way, as women or as when we're girls growing up, we don't meet with each other and go lift weights. Whereas a teenage boy will be like, hey, let's go lift weights. Cause and I get it, they're teenagers. And at, at that age, you're really conscious of the opposite sex and, and boys want to like lift weights cause they want to, you know, they're interested in being appealing to the opposite sex. But for, for us, we, as women, we don't societally, we're not taught that's what we do as teenagers to get together as teenage girls. Uh, so I felt like I had this ocean of knowledge that I was unaware of because I was not exposed to it at a younger age. So part of it was that, like when I, even when I took the personal training course, I was probably one of the oldest people there. And when I started working as a trainer at Equinox, my age, I was 1% of the entire trainer population at gym. So it's, oh, wow. yeah, most people are not starting something like that in their forties. There, there are trainers in their forties and fifties that might have been doing it for a long time, but they're not working at a gym by then. They've already progressed in their career where they're probably doing stuff on their own. So starting out, it was being the oldest person. There's some physical things sometimes that I accept that I might not be the same speed as someone who's 25 not even just speed, I think more recovery. So if you're taking a fitness class and a lot of fitness classes are not geared toward people in their forties and fifties, the average fitness class, uh, especially in New York, most of those specialty studios, the average age is in the twenties and thirties. So when you're there, you might be thinking, I'm going to keep up with everyone in the class. And there's sometimes you're just not going to, and that's okay. Because I think at our age, we know that some things are not, like, I don't need to compete against that person because I'd rather not get injured. I've learned to push and know where my limits are. And I'm okay not being the fastest or the strongest in a particular class if my competition is 20 something years old. And I know there's sometimes people think, well, yeah, age is just a number. You know, you could like, yes, but if I beat that person just because of for ego in a class, and if the outcome is for me getting injured or taking like three days to recover from it, that's not worth it for me. So age is an important number, knowing that getting strong is important if any of any age at all, being in your 40s, 50s, 60s, it is most important to be strong where we are now, but also knowing like when to pull back. I like that to think of it as you're competing with yourself. You're trying to move forward your own personal best rather than necessarily yes. looking around at other people. I also wanted to ask a little bit about, you touched on how age might influence your approach to fitness and maybe Maybe you are going at a slower pace or you take longer to progress up. Are there any other challenges or sort of advice that you take yourself or potentially give to your clients about how do you approach fitness when you're 50 and older? So when you're 50 and older, I think there's two things to remember. One is that strength training is important and I'll go over that. And the second is if you're starting from zero, starting, you know, I know we hear it all the time, taking baby steps, but I literally witness it with clients who are just starting strength and I'll, and I'll go into like how you start. So just looking at 
what happens to our bodies through menopause. And with menopause, like osteoporosis or even a deterioration of muscle just with age and added by the changing hormones of menopause, strength is more important now than in any time of our lives. I know people think, oh, you need to be strength training when you're younger. Yes, it's great to have started younger, absolutely. But if you haven't started right now, I mean, at a younger age, now is the time to bring it into your life. When we go through menopause, there's so many hormonal changes. I always like to think of it as the hormone monster. I don't know if you know the show called um, A Big Mouth. It is about the teenage years. It's a cartoon, but it's meant for adults about teenage mm-hmm. years and how they have hormone. Each person has their own hormone monster, which affects their behavior and their phys- and just physical changes. As women going through menopause, we have hormone monsters that also affect the way we think the way our bodies are, our energy levels. And strength training is important, one, for our bones, because as we approach and go through menopause, we have some major bone density loss. The statistic is 67% of women over 50 have either osteoporosis or low bone density. So that's two out of every three women. So that's a majority. When we do strength training, the contractions in our muscles stimulates Uh, a type of cell called osteoblasts, which helps create bone. So, you know, there's a connection between our our physical and mental and the brain knows it's going on and it signals to these cells, you know, because the body's all about surviving, right? So it starts feeling those challenges. It will create something in contrast to the challenge to survive. So by strength training, it helps build bones is what I'm trying to say with that. And in general, from our thirties on, we lose muscle mass every year. And the number doesn't sound like a lot. I think it's about 3% every decade, but between the ages of 50 and 70, we lose 30% of our strength. So if we know that, then why not start ourselves up on a higher level or try to counter that loss of strength, the natural loss of strength, natural loss of muscle, natural loss of bone. Uh, And so strength training is very key for that. And I know it can be intimidating. As I said, a lot of us are not exposed to strength training when we're younger. You know, I started at 42 and it's never too late to start. And then you don't need to need to start like the way you envision, oh, someone picking up barbells or dumbbells. You can start with body weight because strength training is it's also known as resistance training. So doing things that create resistance for your muscles. So even body weight squats, body weight push-ups, push-ups are not easy. I even see it in, in the gym with women in their 20s and uh, early 30s who can't do a push-up because they're not, they haven't been working on it or they or we feel like, oh, we don't have upper body strength. We can do it. It's just about, you know, working at it. So even that, that's considered strength training. Lunges, which you can do without weight, is considered strength training. So just going through six major movements of strength is a great way to start with even without weight. Yeah, I really like that approach and the focus on, uh, as you mentioned, osteoporosis, because as you were saying, so many women do experience that. And there are negative outcomes where you could down the road, you could end up with a broken hip, which can Mm -hmm. then really incapacitate you. It might mean that you can't live on your own or stay in your own home or so on. So it's really investing in your future self. You're getting that ability to do more of what you want to do right away today, but you're also investing in your future self so that you'll be healthier and have that more mobility and independence 
as you as you get older. So I I think that's a really fantastic way of looking at it that not everyone thinks of at the time. They're more focused on the effort today rather than how it pays out over time. So that's really great. Yeah. And it is hard because like we, we want to always think about the now. A lot of my female clients, I wanna, we won't even meet in person. It's a remote training where I create individualized programs for them and then they work out independently. So I have several who are in their 50s and they notice the difference even in less than a year, how things are easier. Like one, she gardens. She said, I've noticed that because of strength training, I can pick up a bag of topsoil without a problem. So like in her everyday life, she sees that. Uh, One of my other clients, she takes other classes, like she likes to do Pilates and she does some trapeze stuff. She said her teachers have noticed that certain movements in those classes where she used to have problems have become easier because she's stronger from the strength training. So I think not overnight will you see difference, but in less than a year, you'll feel a difference in all in your everyday tasks and maybe some of the other activities that you might do. Now, I understand that it can also help you with balance and mobility in general, because Mm -hmm. if you strengthen your legs, then your ankles will be more stable. Your legs and feet are more stable. We hear about older people falling, breaking a bone and not being able to get up. And that is because they don't have the musculature to support themselves. So it seems so far away, but it's exactly you said, let's say because of osteoporosis and also lack deteriorating muscle just from age, you fall, you break your hip. And it's absolutely true about that cuts a person's independence, the percentage of them being independent down, I think almost by like 50%, where to recover from that, or maybe not ever really fully recovering from that broken bone affects living by yourself or living not in a home or with assistance. And the muscle, as you said, exactly has to do with balance because it's, it's the muscles are what supports our joints and our bones. Yes, I agree with that. During your workouts, you Mm -hmm. often will bring up the topic of menopause, and that's been (laughs) a very taboo topic for, it seems like, forever. So how do you feel that your openness on this topic has helped you and the women that that you're training? And what sort of reactions do you get from people? Whenever I post on social, I always get women like, thank you for talking about that. Or some, a woman will be in her early forties. Like I had no idea that was coming up in my future. I did not even know my mom went through menopause until I asked her this year when I was going through, I'm like, Hey mom, how old were you when you went through menopause? And then she, because she's from that generation of paper, she goes through all her old calendars that she has (laughs) from 30 years ago. And she said uh, she was 50, so around my age. Not that we go through it, that it's 100% genetic, but it's helpful to know like when our mom went through it. My mom never talked about it, never. And that's just her generation. I don't think anyone in her generation, she's 83, talked about that. And that part of it's related to society because I'm, because even when, women bring up their period in a public setting. People are like, oh, do you have to talk about them? Like we talk about farts. Why can't we talk about, or we laugh about farts. Like why, what's wrong with talking about menstruation? But menopause is not talked about. And I think it's because half of the population in the world feels uncomfortable with it. Uh, even though their mom went through it or their sister went through it or their wife is going to go through it. And we're in a different time now where we can talk about things that even like with the Me Too movement, you know, that was accepted. I, I, I spent my first job coming out of college working on Wall Street and the sexism that is not a, that is outspoken against now, that stuff happened all the time. And then someone from my generation, Gen X, 
right or wrong, I accepted it because it was just the way it was. Whether you worked yes. at a law firm or you work in Wall Street, it's just, that's just the comments, the whatever, it's just how it was. And you, you didn't say anything. You lived with it. <laughs> you lived with it. Yeah. And so with menopause, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, don't bring it up because, you know, some other non-female will be upset about it or think it's gross. But it puts a lot of us in the dark about not knowing stuff. Like, here's another thing I didn't know. Until I experienced it, I had no idea that insomnia uh, affects more than 50% of women who go through menopause. Like, that's a huge percentage. And to yes. not know that, like, what we're going to all go through, it's not like it's a disease where only some people go through it. Like, every woman will go through menopause. So we need to talk about it and acknowledge that it's, it's real. And it does affect the way we think, the way we move, like other things that I learned it, as I was going through it and reading more on it, it's like, oh, a lot of women have thinning hair on the top of their head now, and it's related to the decline in estrogen. So I read about that. And then I asked one of my hairdresser friends, like, have you noticed this? Because she's been cutting hair for years. She goes, yeah, older women have thinner hair on top. I'm like, oh, how come nobody <laughs> told me about this? Right. No one told us. No, not at all. So I'm happy to talk about it with people so that other women who may not be in my same age knows it's going to happen or even my clients are like, oh, I'm so glad you talked about it because I experienced that, but I didn't know other people did too. Um, we feel like freaks and we're not. It's, it's normal part of biology. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I love that approach. I wanted to ask you also more about your jewelry. We, you mentioned that earlier, and I know that's something that you have been working on and I love mm -hmm. the way that it fits with fitness of all aspects of you as a whole person. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about how did you get involved with designing jewelry and how do you integrate it with your entrepreneurship of uh, having the fitness training business as mm -hmm. well as the jewelry business. From those aspects, uh, how do you work with and how did you get into that? So as I mentioned, when I first came out of college, I, I worked uh, at Goldman Sachs and coming out of college during the time I did, like I graduated in 1992, that was the job. Everyone wanted to go into consulting or investment banking. And I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do, but at that time I was just tinkering, making jewelry because I was taking the classes when I was not working because it, it appealed to a different part of my brain. And, and I do love working with my hands. And I ended up, I was like, let me try doing a bit jewelry design business. And within a year of uh, leaving Wall Street, I opened up my own store in the West Village over a 10 year period, ended up opening three different stores. Oh, amazing. Having, That's wonderful. Then the financial crisis happened, which changed the face of brick and mortar retail in New York City, everywhere. And at that time is also when Amazon and online shopping started growing. So if, if anyone who's listening remembers pre-2008, we were mm -hmm. not major shoppers online. None of us were. And uh, between 2008, 2010, I closed my stores in 2010, there was a rise in online shopping, just that whole shift. I know people, there's still stores now, but I think people, most people do a lot of their majority of their shopping online. And that was at the time when I started going through a divorce and I took the personal training course. It's like, mm, let me just add this in. So I just kind of 
morphed my jewelry business, which was more traditional feminine girly jewelry. My stores were called Tina Tang. So it was my name, Tina Tang Studio, Tina Tang Nolita, and my, and my website. I kept my website, tinatang.com. And then I decided to, with my new inspiration of fitness, make a jewelry line that was just fitness related, celebrating, you know, when you do something like I have a barbell or kettlebells, because uh, when I passed a certain kettlebell certification, that was a big deal to me. So I designed a little kettlebell and created a whole kettlebell line because of that. I think the creative is very helpful. Ironically, I think a lot of people who work in fitness, like professionally, are also very artistic. And it's interesting. I'm like, I wonder if it's because it's like just this part of the brain where you're physically active and then you like to create. Yes, that combination of both physical and mental activity basically feeding yourself body and soul is how I think mm, of it. I yeah. love that. I love that. Well, I really enjoyed talking with you today, Tina, and I think you have such a great fit with our community. I love this mixture of, of entrepreneurship and physical fitness and creativity. I think it's just a, a great fit with our community. And I'm thanking you so much for sharing all of your passions and your interests with our community. It's such a pleasure, like talking strength and, and encouraging women 50 plus that it's not scary. You can do it and you will feel so great once you start. Looking for a positive, uplifting community for 50 and up women? We celebrate 50 and up women who are living loud, living long with authentic stories of real people who are creating the life they want, winning athletes, entrepreneurs, and creatives. We are tsunami wiping away outdated ideas of who we are. We give voice, we give visibility, we give community, learning, sharing, changing, vibrant, healthy, strong. If that's you, you belong with us. If you enjoyed our podcast, support our work by clicking like, subscribing, becoming a member of L4 at livingloudlivinglong.com and donating to our Patreon account so we can keep bringing you awesomely inspiring people. See you next month.